As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Young F.A. Holmes. Ah. Uh. These niggas so scary, won't let them bury me. That's why I keep my 30, I shoot like Gary. And boy, I'm getting money, I'm getting money. Uh-huh. All right, welcome back to Don V Friday. It was a warm day down here in the 757, like mid-70s. I don't know what the fuck happened to fall time. That shit is fall time is over with. <laughs> we go from summertime straight to winter time. No more fall. So we got drift back in the building. How you living, my boy? I'm doing pretty good. I uh I went to Mizzou this past weekend to visit my girlfriend's uh her brother just started going to school there. Um, so I was I was gone over the weekend. It was pretty fun. Uh, Thursday I had an interview, so that's why I missed the last week's podcast. Tweeted that out, so most of you guys already know that. But uh, awful game for Virginia Tech on on Friday. We're gonna get into that in a second. But um, other than that, it was a solid weekend. Hey, good 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 weekend. I went to Maryland this weekend. Uh, visited some family. Saw, saw the saw the ladies' family. Met some family members and um, pretty much chilled out. I mean, after Tech got their ass whooped, I was freed up. <laughs> I, ain't, I wasn't obligated to do shit. My pro team got their ass kicked too, so pretty stress-free weekend of football. They, knew <laughs> out, they went out there, both my teams, they went out there, they laid the fuck down and got their ass kicked. So it was stress-free <laughs> football for me. I can't say the same for a lot of you other motherfuckers, but yeah, I was, you know, chilling, uh, living life, man, just living life. Life as a Virginia Tech sports fan, I guess. <laughs> These motherfuckers. Well, it's getting better soon because I think the basketball team's gonna pick it up. So we might have we might actually have something to look forward to. Yeah, man. Shout out to the basketball team. And before we get started, let me send a shout out to uh Tally at Tally Bass 44 for holding it down last week. Last week. Um shout out, shout out, shout outs for holding that down. Making everything look good. But before we get started, symbol. Symbol is the stock market for sports that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. On Symbol, you can trade sports teams like stocks, and every time your team win, you earn cash. Use your sports knowledge on Symbol to buy low, sell high, and earn cash payouts when your teams win. Join the 7,000-plus early adopters who have started to invest in their favorite teams. Visit www.sim. B-U-L-L dot C-O-M to create a free account. And when you deposit, make sure you use the promo code SD to make your deposit risk-free. Visit symbol.com and use the promo code SD and your deposit will be risk-free. That means even if you lose money, 
Symbol will refund your initial deposit. No questions asked. Join Symbol and start investing and profiting from your favorite sports teams. Also, Spotify Green Room. Spotify Green Room is a live audio only sports talk platform. You can talk to athletes, insiders, fans in real time. It's podcasts going over there. It's all kinds of rooms jumping off. You can be notified when rooms go live. You can link your Twitter and join the leagues and groups. And you can, I think I already said you can be notified, but yeah, you can be notified when rooms go live. So remember that all you need to do is download for free the Spotify Green Room app in the iOS app store. Virginia Tech got their ass kicked. It was a more physical ass kicking than the scoreboard ass kicking. Virginia Tech lost to Boston College 17-3 in what was their second red bandana game of the season. Uh, before we get into the game, where did you watch the game at? Uh, I was in I was in the car actually heading down to Mizzou, and so I was uh, mm. I had it on my phone just just watching in the middle of a cornfield. Uh, so mm. wasn't exactly the best setup. Uh, I ended up like turning off the game at a certain point because I was like, this is just so awful to watch. And it, was just, it was just boring. Like there's a point where like your team is playing and they're a bad team, but it's still interesting. Like for for example, like Nebraska. Nebraska is a very exciting team to watch, even though they're three and seven. Uh, Virginia Tech is not the same way at all, and so uh, I just got I just got super bored of it eventually. But what about you? Where where were you watching? I was home. I, I was home. Um, I had went to Chick Fil A before the game, and I know I'm not supposed to be eating Chick Fil A because they they got a lot of shit going on. Their uh their their ideals and beliefs don't really match with mine, but <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> Sometimes this, those sometimes chicken sandwiches they, are good. <laughs> sometimes they hate chicken. Sometimes you got to just align with bullshit politics to get a good chicken sandwich. It goes that <laughs> way. It goes that way. And then, and then the motherfucking man, then the waffle fries and the Polynesian yeah. sauce. Sometimes you just got to say, hey, man, look, man, <laughs> for one night, I agree with these politics and principles. <laughs> <laughs> but I went to Chick fil A, uh, got me some food, and I just, I just, Sat in the house, watched it in the house, and um, pretty much, yeah, it was your analysis is pretty much spot on. It wasn't, a, it wasn't even an entertaining ass kicking. It was a slow, body blows, torturous ass whooping. It was the worst kind of loss. It was a loss where you saw, you kind of saw the end of an era. I mean, yeah. anybody's still rocking. I think everybody's pretty much off the boat. At this point, so I think every I think Hokie Twitter, Hokie Nation is officially unified. It's a unified front. This might be, it's probably three or four motherfuckers still holding on. God bless them. Yeah. May 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 everybody listen and be as loyal to those last three motherfuckers to Fuente. May you meet a woman or a man that is as loyal to you as they are to Fuente. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Let's get into it. Brax Braxton. Burmeister got hurt on either the first or the second uh, drive of the game. Um, Knox Kadem would come into the game, and he would go seven to six for seventy three yards. He had three yards passing. The team, fuck uh, Knox, the team, the 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 offense 
had three yards passing in the first half. Yeah, one pass completed in the pass that got completed came in like the, the end of the second quarter too. So there was a while there where we had just hadn't completed a pass at all. Three yards passing in 30 minutes of game time. I have been watching Virginia Tech since uh, year 99. I've been watching Virginia Tech since the, the year 1999. I was in the seventh grade. And Virginia Tech has never been known as a high-flying passing school. Uh, before Gerard Evans, I think Tyrod Taylor had most of the passing records. And these were, especially according to the, the, today's standards, modest passing records, like, you know, 20-some touchdowns. Uh, I don't even know if he ever reached 3,000 yards. He might have. Right. But, you know, Virginia Tech has never been known as a passing school, Texas Tech. You know, five wide, aired out, five thousand yard passes, shit like right. that. Even at our worst, and I done seen some shitty tech offenses. I don't think I ever seen these motherfuckers go for three yards and a half. Yeah, not a chance. It's never happened. Three. I don't give. A, listen, and we didn't have. I'm talking about. I done seen Corey Hope. Play. Shout out to Corey Holt. Come on, Dolby Friday State Story. Corey Holt to Brendan Motley to Grant No to Sean Glennon. I done seen some, you know, for better or for worse, Michael Brewer. I know motherfuckers be trying to act like he was good. Nah, <laughs> you know, like I done seen some, some, some mid to some shitty motherfuckers that tech play quarterback. And I don't, can some, I, I hope I'm correct. I ain't never seen three yards in one half of work. Yeah. It, it's new for Virginia Tech. I mean, this was the week that I think the national media started to pay attention to, like, how bad Virginia Tech has gotten, you know, because Tech fans have started to hop off the train of Fuente for the last couple of weeks. But this week especially, I saw a lot of, like, national reporters start taking note of, like, just how bad Virginia Tech football has gotten. And I think yeah. now, now is like the year, right? It's the turning point, end of an era where it's like, okay, like look how far this program has fallen where we can only complete one pass in one half uh, under a coach that is supposedly is an offensive-minded coach. Yeah, I, and, and, and I don't care if it's Knox Kadem or, I don't know, the zigzag man playing quarterback. Three yards and a half, and you're talking about D1 football, power five, that's a fireable offense. Mm-hmm. Like the whole offense staff should all pack this shit up at the end. Of, like, like even if the new staff could, they shouldn't even be considering nobody on this offensive staff to stay. All of them can get the fuck out. Vice, we've been having some hard conversations about Vice. Maybe Vice could be retained, but everybody else get the fuck. Never ever touch D one ever again. Mm-hmm. This is a D2 offensive staff. Three passing yards and one half is unacceptable. If Knox Kadem is JMU level talent, then his ass should be at JMU. Not number two at a major D1 school in the Power Five. Should not happen. Should have never happened. Mm-hmm. And I think it was our, our good friend of the show, Mitch. Always pops into the to Twitter spaces after the game, dropping knowledge. But I think Mitch said this after the game where he said, 
I think they recruited Knox Kadem with the intentions of him never throwing a meaningful pass. And, and, and that is the, that is the, I hope I use this word correctly, the, the antithesis. That is Fuente's, that's Fuente in a nutshell. Yes. Just wasting roster spots on just kids he like, or kids that, you know, I think the first thing they said about Knox Kadem when he came into the game was he's egoless. Like what the fuck does the, that mean? <laughs> it it means exactly what what me, you, and many others have been predicting for years about Coach Fuente yep. that he that he covets kids, docile kids, kids that won't talk back, kids that egoless. He covets that over talent, and that'll get you beat every time. Yep, you when, can get away with get that sometimes at maybe a D two or D three program, but when you're a D one program like Virginia Tech, you can't you can't do that. It's not acceptable. You cannot prioritize. Oh, he's a good kid. He's a nice kid. Burmeister's a nice kid too, but he's not talented enough and clearly not durable enough to withstand D one Power Five ball. Braxton Burmeister should be a slot receiver at a G5 school. I think he would bust some ass. I don't know how well he can catch, but he's a decent enough athlete that if you put him at running back, like, you know, slot, you know, like in a black shirt role, yeah. or you put him at like a slot receiver, let him run crossers and shit, I think he could be mildly successful. But at quarterback, for what they ask him to do in this offense, let's, let's stop the charade at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I mean, if when we talk about the charade too, let's just talk about Virginia Tech's record right now. I mean, when we came into the season, the lowest that really anybody projected the team to finish was seven and five. And there was a couple of people on the out like outline that said maybe six and six. Uh, mm-hmm. but seven and five was consensus like the lowest that we projected. And right now, I mean, Virginia Tech would have to win out to even be seven and five. So, I mean, that's I, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, and it's just like the expectations were even lower than they usually are. And we're not even going to hit that. So, um, you know, we've came a right. long way. Yeah. When, when, and like, like you said, most, the, 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 the optimist fans had us eight and five, you know, nine and four. And that's combined with the bowl game mm-hmm. and the negative fans or, you know, with, 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 People would consider a negative fan or a realistic fan. Or whatever. Realistic, yeah. It was it was a seven win team. In the in the in the, you know, most pessimistic fans was like five wins, mm-hmm. and they might be the ones that were right. Yeah, Quan, shout out Quan. Shout out to Quan. Quan got his last two, but <laughs> shout out to Quan. But yeah, even the most pessimistic fans probably was like, this is a five or six win team, and um. They looking like they about to be right, but <laughs> it wasn't that we lost to Boston College because once they once we we got the news that Phil Dracovic was coming back and they were going to double dip on the red bandana uniforms. I think me and Tyler even said it. It don't look good. It doesn't. It don't look. It, it's not exactly good. They they got a soul to sell too. They want to win this. They want to win it. So they put Phil Dracovic out there. And he was throwing the ball like he was throwing a tennis ball or a beach ball or some shit. He was still hurt. 
he clearly wasn't a hundred percent. He just did what he could to help them, you know, just stay afloat because I'm pretty sure they told Phil Dracovic all week, like, listen, their offense ain't, you, you're not going to be in a shootout. All you got to do is make the plays that's there and we'll take it from there. And Phil Dracovic went out there seven for 13, 112 yards, threw a bad interception to uh, Dorian Strong, who turned Fumbled. around and fumbled it. And, and he ran, and Phil Dracovic ran for a touchdown. Uh, their running back, Pat Garwell, Pat the third, he carried the team 30 carries, 116 yards, one touchdown. Uh-huh. They just did enough. They didn't, they didn't. It probably should have been a blowout. It probably should be. Uh, 24 to 3 because we had a fumble and they returned it for a touchdown, but the refs was fucking with us. The refs was trying to make it the score look respectable. Shout out to the refs. Uh <laughs> wipe, you know, kept them from scoring that touchdown that they should have had. But they just out physical us. They was the grittier team, they were the more physical team. And I'm tired of seeing a Fuente coach team get pushed around, out physical, out muscle, and in just your calling card card is supposed to be hard, smart, tough, and grit. And every week I see a team that's soft, dumb, and <laughs> all this other shit. Dax out here hitting coaches. Just dumb shit. Weak shit. Getting pushed around by Boston College again. And we supposed to be a grit program. The part that irritates me the most is... When you look at Boston College, and me and Tally said this before, you know, before, last week, on paper, Boston College looked like the better team, just on paper. Yep, and I agree. most Hokie fans, even the negative ones, thought, well, we should beat that team still. Despite what these numbers say, we got the same record, and their numbers look better than ours. We still felt like, you know, maybe just Hokie arrogance that we should all take a fucking chill pill on that. But we all still felt like we were the better team. And we had to find out the fucking hard way. Um, we should before we move over to the defense, and I know I jumped the gun talking about Dax and hitting coaches. What was your <laughs> what was your take on the offense period? Like, I mean, it was it was just a poor performance on offense all around. I think the only, you know, really the only two, I guess, somewhat bright spots were Malachi Thomas and, and Blackshear because, you know, they mm-hmm. both averaged over five yards a carry when the other team knew that we were going to run the ball. Um, right. You know, you're running against a team that knows you're going to run. It's not very easy. Averaging five yards a carry still is, you know, pretty solid. Uh, Malachi Thomas continues to be a pretty good player uh, week in and week out. So hopefully he stays on the roster for the next staff come next year. Uh, but it was just like, I felt like this performance was coming and it was just a matter of like when, you know, and we, I think we talked about this uh, when we had the Suns on, but I asked them the question, like, you know, what happens to this team when Braxton Burmeister gets hurt? Like, what is the offense right. going to look like? And like, it was like, well, he's not going to get hurt because the scheme is going to be different and they're going to make sure that he doesn't get, I was like, okay, yeah, but if he does, like, it's going to be terrible. And this was the game where like, you saw that like Braxton Burmeister doesn't play and it is absolutely awful. So um, I don't really have many other thoughts than I'm just like, I'm just disinterested in watching Virginia tech football right now. Like I don't have any like desire, like I normally have because it's just the product on the field is not what it should be. And hopefully soon that can change when we fire coach Fuente, which I think is coming, but 
Um, it was just sad. I was I was happy to see that the national media like chimed in and was asking for Fuente to be fired too, because I think that's like the next push. But I saw a lot of people going for wit though after the game. And um, it was on his ass. Yeah, they're they they're on his ass now. Um, and I think it's gonna speed things up. But I, you know, I I do believe that they are waiting for the buyout come December and and that's gonna change things. But going back to the to the offense where we started, you know, it was just it was just a bad performance, and that's really all I gotta say. I don't, I don't think really much was going our way at all. It was a shitty performance. So any like three yards and one half passing. I don't give a fuck. I done seen teams deal with injuries. I don't want to hear nothing about no Braxton Burmeister injury, no Trey Turner injury. I done seen teams put in the emergency quarterback. It'd be a DB. It'd be a a, 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 a wide receiver. Just, just an, they, I've seen teams put an athlete at quarterback. Kentucky and do, better, and do better than what the fuck we saw from Knox Tatum. That shit was some shameful shit. Knox Kadem has to be wearing a JMU. Let me not even put this on JMU. Knox Kadem needs to be in a VMI uniform by next spring. If I if I think Virginia Tech is seriously a football school, like I want to believe, Knox Kadem will be wearing a VMI uniform next spring. Maybe a Bridgewater uniform. <laughs> yeah, shout out Bridgewater, but no, <laughs> like. That's Bridgewater talent, man. Stop playing with me. Um, Trey Turner was not playing. Trey Turner did not play, did not travel with the team. Obviously, his presence was missed out there as it seemed like the passing game just struggled. Most people knew, a lot of people knew that Trey Turner might not play. I'm going to put that out there. Most people knew Trey Turner might not play. So Fuente in the press conference saying that he did not know or whatever quote was, he pretty much said, I didn't know he wasn't going to play until today. I guess he found out when we found out. (laughs) I guess when the plane emptied out and Trey Turner won't own it, he realized Trey Turner won't play in. What's your <laughs> thoughts on Trey Gate, uh, the fallout? Um, uh, I think, you know, honestly, shout out to Trey Turner. I think he's making a business decision right now for himself. That's the right decision because um, regardless of what his status is, like I think he flashed his talents during the Georgia Tech game. And, you know, that's kind of like his draft stock. And he's just going to ride that out and get healthy and wait till – the NFL draft. Um, I, I don't think it like, imagine had he played this game, like the offense was as, as, as bad as it was, it wasn't going to make him look any better. So, um, but I think it's, uh, I think it was ridiculous that, that Fuente uh, said that. Um, but, you know, we were talking on the pregame on the pre-show and uh, you mentioned a good point about how like uh, Fuente just the way he talks made him say what he said because he's so used to, wording things the way he does and um i kind of think that's what it is too i think he just like i just you know like he said like you said he just kind of like forgot what like the moment that he was in um just a ridiculous Mm. quote and it's just like it's just like this program just gets worse when they're on the field when they're off the field like the the press conferences are terrible the product on the field is terrible like 
it's getting to the point where it's like, just get out of here. Just, I don't even, like, what are you yeah, doing so, here? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's just a theory. That's just a theory of mine. When I say, I, I don't think Fuente lied on purpose because a lot of people saying Fuente lied and saying he didn't know. I really believe Fuente is just so used to bullshitting around about injuries and downplaying injuries. And, and, you know, I think that he just slipped up in his press conference and said, I didn't know. Yeah. He, Cause he's so used to trying to be Belichick about injuries. And he forgot that we're not asking him questions about a, you know, a, an upcoming game in an injured player. We're talking about what the fuck just happened. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think he fumbled over, you know, fumbled over his words and he fucked up. And instead of, you know, the media and VT Twitter saying, yeah, he might have just fucked up. You know, they would try to go out on their shield for Fuente. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> that ain't the person you want to go out defending because Hokey Twitter got their claws out. Uh, they're, they, 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 on, they on asses. If, if you seem like you protecting Fuente in any way, Hokey Twitter's on your ass. So the stat that sticks out to me uh, in this game, uh, Boston College, 36 minutes and 56 seconds of time of possession. Virginia Tech, 23 minutes and four seconds. And mind you, we only passed the ball 16 times. Because uh-huh. drives were dead. Drives were dead when they started. It was just punting the ball back. You know, Pun, just punting the ball. You know, even even at the end of the game, towards the end of the game in the fourth quarter, you're only down two scores. You know, um, mm-hmm. you can score two touchdowns very quickly at any given point in any game. And uh, we had the chance to go for it on fourth down to extend the drive to, you know, maybe cut the cut the lead to seven. And uh, we just punt the ball. Just give up. You know, punted the ball. Just Fuente give up. Said, Fuente <laughs> said that he was trying to make the stop to give his offense the ball back. Now, in Fuente's defense, because I'm I'm fair, the defense hadn't played horribly, and Phil Jerkovic was not capable of beating us throwing the ball. So I get with I I understand the decision to punt. Your offense ain't really giving you shit. Putting your defense back on the field, in my humble opinion probably was your best offense because maybe you get a fumble. Maybe you get a pick six. It ain't like Phil Jakovic was out there dicing us up. He was throwing the ball like it was a medicine ball. Mm-hmm. So maybe you get maybe you get some maybe you get lucky. Maybe you get a pick six. Maybe you get a fumble uh in a momentum swing. I didn't really kill Fuente for that because I think he was just done with his own offense. Like look, these motherfuckers ain't gonna score it. They're not gonna convert. And even if they do convert the drive was going to take too long. This offense isn't capable of quick strike. So I guess he was just like, look, well, fuck it. Put the defense back out there or punt the ball. Maybe they muff. Maybe we just get lucky. I think he was just hoping he There's could get something. something. Yeah. I, I think he was just hoping somebody, another phase of the game could deliver on, on something that his offense couldn't do. And I think he just decided to punt that bitch with, I think, four minutes left. So. He pretty much punted on the game because I don't think we got that bitch back. And that was pretty much all she wrote. Mm-hmm. The defense, once again, being put in the position where they have the ball all day. They run, they ran the ball effectively. 
but I still think the defense played well enough to win the game. If the opposing offense scores 17 points should be in modern win. college football, you should win. Mm-hmm. Even if you give them the touchdown on the fumble recovery from uh from Tavion, that's 24 points. You should still be in the game. <laughs> yep. You should I still agree. be in the game. So yeah, the defense, there was some shit going on, you know, tackling and I think in the second half we just wore that again, wore down, and 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 you know we just got out physical. Well, I mean, when your offense can't move the ball and, and you're constantly punting, and the other team has the ball the whole game, your defense eventually gets worn out. I mean, they can't play forever. And they Boston cannot, College, they can't play forever. Yeah, and we also not to mention we don't even have the depth to be able to play forever either. So, um, right, that's another that's another problem for another day but you know boston college ran the ball for 54 times which was 20 more times than we ran the ball and uh mm-hmm. they they were just they just kept running and running and running eventually the defense got tired and i don't I, I think they still played fine like you said you know 17 points uh you should be able to win the game so i i had no problems with the defense this game yeah 17 you, you hold the team to 17 points you should win any game it yeah. it, it i think what stuck what stuck out to me and what has stood out to me since this has become Fuente's team, and I've been saying this for years, is Virginia Tech is a team with no identity. And what I mean by that is Boston College has an identity. Even with Halfley and Dracovic, and people thought they was converting to this pass-happy team, on a cold night in November with their quarterback hurt, they can go back to what we know Boston College to always be a gritty, tough, physical game, a physical team that if the game comes down to a late fist fight, they're going to pull out their offensive line and their backs. And this Pat Garwell the third, I said in the pregame, they don't have an A.J. Dillon. They don't have an Andre Williams. So they don't have a star running back. They said, fuck it. We're Boston College. So we're going we're gonna to just dominate you in the trenches, offensive line and defensive line. And we're going to just do what we do. They have an identity. Something Virginia Tech has lacked since Frank. Um, what, what was your thoughts? I know you said you was, I mean, you was watching the game on the phone. And the thing about watching the game, like not at home or not at the game sometimes, is you miss several, you know, certain nuances and small things. But Dax uh, hit, a, hit, I think he hit Jeff Halfley himself on the sideline, was allowed to stay in the game. Now, if we know anything about this staff, guys have been benched for way talking less. Back. <laughs> for talking <laughs> back. Guys have, been, yeah. guys have been benched, doghouse, for fumbling the fucking ball, man. You Bro, guys, have been, <laughs> guys have been kicked off the team for talking back. Kicked off the team, dismissed, Dax hit an opposing coach and they can say his momentum carried him to the coach, but, uh, no, he hit the coach. Did he lay out the coach? No, but he definitely gave the coach a little shum shum on the sidelines was still allowed to play in the game. I haven't heard anything about no suspension or I don't even think he's been, Dax has been publicly criticized for doing that. No, he hasn't. I mean, that seems like, you know, Fuente's, like, favorite child, you know. So, 
uh, I feel like they they kind of let him do whatever he wants to do on the field, and he pretty much can get away with anything. So I think that's kind of as far as as I can analyze it. But I don't, I'm not really sure, uh, you know, if there's any if there's going to be any repercussions. But you know, I doubt anything is said. My problem, my problem with that is you can be one or the other. And I don't have a problem with that. I'm a big fan of consistency. So if you're the coach where your guys go a little bit over the edge and you encourage that, cool. If you're the coach that disciplines everybody, listen, you fumble the ball, you run a mile, that Herman Boone shit, you know, if you want to be Herman Boone, cool. But you got to be Herman Boone with everybody. Yes. You can't, you can't, you can't, you can't. Uh, bench this guy for fumbling mind you fumbling happens <laughs> yep. fumbling happens that, that that's not that's not nothing you're doing on purpose to kill the team it's just something that happens in the game you know it's bad it's unfortunate but hitting the opposing coach isn't you know like fumbling or you know missing a it's missing not a an accident it's not an accident it's not an accident yeah that is a deliberate act like some of the goofy shit that players do when uh, like Gerard Evans said, like Fuente chewed him out for celebrating the first down, doing the first down uh, sign, S- shit like that. Like if you can chew a player out for getting a first down <laughs> <laughs> and celebrating it, or for reaching across the goal line, then I think you could punish a kid for or chew out a kid. For hitting the opposing coach and costing the team 15 yards. Mm-hmm. Or am I tripping? No, you're totally right. And let me let me say, I'm not defending uh, Fuente at all. I think it's ridiculous. I just, you know, I, I, I know about him, and I feel like this is exactly what he would do, or he just wouldn't care about Dex. And I think it's fucked up. I think it's bullshit. Um, and, you know, I think it just fucks with the team's chemistry, honestly, because in order to gain the respect of your players, you have to be – you have to treat them as equals. You know what I mean? And I feel like I don't think this, the staff really treats everybody as equals. Uh, and I think that has led to problems in the past too. Yeah. So what it comes down to is Boston college had an identity and Virginia tech did not. When the going got tough, Boston college said, okay, our quarterback is probably 60%. Um, Less okay, even even though Dracovic was hurt, they still trusted him to make plays. They didn't try to put him in a box, they didn't try to restrict him. They said, Look, man, you threw a pick trying to do some crazy shit. Go back. We're gonna we're gonna go right back to that. We're gonna go back to that later in the game. And Phil Dracovic made enough plays to help them win. And then in the, in the, the running back finished it off in the second half. They said, okay, we're going to lean on this running game. They're going to wear out. They're going to wear down. And we're going to get out of here with a victory. So it just comes down to grit and all these slogans that they come up with is exactly what they are. They're just slogans. They're just hashtags. Mm-hmm. Because every time I've seen this team be challenged physically, they fold it. And it goes back to 2018. So, I mean, we all know we want this motherfucker fired. Um, just the way he handles injuries, uh, 
everything about everything about it right now you know everything virginia tech, about it virginia tech is just a, is now has fallen so far as a program it's time it is time um it's been time um, it's been time for me it was time uh, it's been a couple years but i really truly believe that it was his time last year um yes and you know they gave him the the covid whatever relief who cares we're gonna give you another year but i personally I was out on him officially last year, and, you know, here we are. Yeah, I was out on Fuente in 2018, and I'm not saying it's because I'm a visionary or I'm not saying it's because I'm cool or nothing like that. When your team is being – when you're in year three and your team takes a nosedive like that, it's clear to see that, okay, you're supposed to be ascending. Year three is supposed to be your year. Right. And year three, he had his worst year. And then when the Sports Illustrated thing happened, because man, you can lose games and, okay, talent fell off and we, we we took some L's. But when the Sports Illustrated thing happened, I said, okay, this man is not even a leader of young men. He right. can't even lead. So his exits and O's are shaky. His recruiting is shaky. His team management is shaky. And now his ability to lead is shaky because no real coach is letting that happen. And no real coach is going to let – his athletes twisting the wind like that and say, oh, yeah, I got a life raft and jump on the life raft. Mm-hmm. A real coach says, I can't believe this bullshit came out. We're going to get to the bottom of this and I'm going to fix this culture. Not no, yeah, the bad apples are gone and now we, no, that's when I knew he wasn't even a man. Right. That's when I said he got to go. He's not even a leader. His exes and O's was looking shaky. His roster management was looking shaky. And now your leadership looks shaky. He should have been gone, but nobody saw this shit. I said, okay. Yep. But you know, years later, here we are. We all on the same boat. Uh, we we know the man clearly is, is a fraud, uh, a snake oil salesman, all of the above. Uh, and uh, yeah, shout out to Fuente when he's an OC next year somewhere, getting paid by Virginia Tech to be somebody else's OC. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> shout out to him because he, he he cooped off a nice couple of bags. He's going to get, what, a $10 million buyout or some shit? Uh, shout out to him for, for, for raking it up. Anything else in this Boston College game that we need to, that we needed to touch on that we did not? Uh, I, I, I don't got anything. I think we cover everything. Yeah, uh, it, like I said, Knox Kadem, uh, good luck at VMI or Bridgewater next year. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure them boys need a quarterback. Um, because if you are still in maroon and orange next year, my boy, that means Fuente is still coach. And yeah, it's gonna be I some scary days. Fan, <laughs> I would be in the fan transfer portal if that's the case. <laughs> I'd be in the same moving, boat. <laughs> moving on, moving on. Week 10 in the ACC. Before I even get into what happened in the week 10 games, Tally came on at Tallybands 44 and picked every game right. He did not get one game wrong. <laughs> that is the truth of the week. Every last game, Tally picked, he was right with the spread at all. He got it all right. So, <laughs> round of applause. 
He can lie. He'll lie about his own team, but he told the truth about every other ACC team. But yeah. we're going to go with these quickly. Number nine, Wake Forest lost to UNC. 55 to 58. UNC was two and a half point favorites. Me and Tally both had UNC uh, winning that game and covering. They did that. Pitt beat the shit out of Duke like we predicted. Not much to talk about there. We had Miami. Miami was minus 10, and we both said Georgia Tech would cover that. Now, this is the only one I got wrong. Uh, NC State at Florida State. Uh, NC State won by 14 points. I said Florida State would uh, sell their soul and try to win that game, being that NC State was ranked. Nope, NC State took care of that business. And um, I lied a week, technically, because I, I that's the only one I got wrong. And last but not least, Clemson at Louisville. Clemson won the game. They covered. I think it was four and a half. They covered it. And um, they won 30 to 24. So, you know, good week. Of, good. I hope uh, people played everything we picked because we were pretty much on point last yeah. week. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we, we should get Tally on. Every week to hey, predict these games. <laughs> I need Tally to send in lottery numbers. Or something yeah. He's uh, a Don V Friday's consultant. He right, submits us game picks. <laughs> right, because clearly he had some information. He had some information that we did not have. Now, technically, I got to say technically, he got Boston College versus Virginia Tech wrong because we pick every Virginia Tech game. We pick Virginia Tech to win every game and beat the spread and shit. So technically, he got that one wrong, but that shit don't count. We knew that we know Virginia Tech's yeah, man. Doesn't count. Does not count. Before we get into Week Eleven and and everything else, we got to pay some bills, man. Symbol is the sports stock market that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. There are two ways to make money on Symbol. First, every every time a team you own wins, you earn a cash win payout. Second, just like the stock market, if you think a team is going to increase in value, you can buy low and sell high for profit. Use the promo code SD to make your first deposit risk-free. That means even if you lose money or just decide the market isn't for you, Symbol will refund your initial deposit. No questions asked. Shout out to Symbol. And then you got Spotify Green Room. It's a live audio-only sports talk platform. It's free to download and to use. You can always talk to fans, insiders, athletes. Um, it's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. Um, it's conversations going on. You can join in on conversations. You can be featured on certain podcasts. It's, it's, it's rooms going on that on a weekly schedule. So like I said, or you can be notified when these rooms go live. You can link your Twitter, you know. So come with your spiciest takes, man. All you need to do is download the Spotify Green Room for free in the iOS app store. Week 11 and, and week 11 and what is the craziest ACC year since like 2000 and I want to say 2009 where like Nobody knew who was what. Everybody looked like a contender one week, looked like a some shit the next week. 
Week 11 in the ACC starts on Thursday night. UNC on the road at Pitt. UNC is coming off of, I would say, a pretty big win. Yeah, top 10 team. You know, top 10 team. They pulled a Virginia Tech. They beat beat a, a top 10 team that shouldn't have been. You know, so mm-hmm. shout, shout out to you and shout out to Mac Brown for doing his best just to Fuente impression and be <laughs> and, and 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 stealing a win versus a team that should be number nine. But hey, here we are. Uh Sam Howell is he was like the ACC Heisman contender. He was the golden child at quarterback in the summer. And and Kenny Pickett has emerged as the ACC golden child, NFL prospect, all of that in the fall. Pitt is six and a half point favorites. Pitt is at home. I'm going to go first on this one. I got UNC. Uh, I got UNC. And I've already bet this. I've already put money on this. You UNC, money on- UNC is going to win the game outright. I'm stamped the shit. Right now, UNC is winning. I've already bet this. If you're listening on Thursday, if you record on a Wednesday, UNC money line. What you got shaking up? Uh, I'm gonna have to go polar opposite and take Pitt against the spread. I just think, uh, mm-hmm. I just think after after the big win for the Tar Heels, they've been hot and cold this week. I think they're gonna go back to being cold, and uh, I think Pitt is gonna gonna just score too much on their defense. Uh, so. I got Pitt scoring a lot of points this game. Definitely taking the over on the game as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's definitely going to be a lot of points for. I would definitely. Uh, I think I also bet the over in that game because uh, it's going to be a fireworks show. Both defenses have been. They they they've both given up their fair share of yardage and big plays and points. Mm-hmm. But uh, I got UNC winning. Drift got Pitt. We shall see how that shakes out. UConn, one of the worst teams in football, period, at Clemson. Clemson. Clemson, <laughs> Clemson is 41-point favorites. That's a lot of points. I know UConn is a. Yeah, but UConn is like one of the worst teams uh, in all of college football. So I'm taking Clemson. It could be Clemson minus 60, and I'd still take Clemson. UConn is bad, bro. This is, this is similar to the UMass stuff from a couple weeks yeah. ago. Yes, this is similar to UMass and Florida State, but 41 points is just a lot of points. <laughs> it's all, it, I, I know, like, if I would go 40 points. I only go 40 points if it's a top five team and it's an FBS, I mean, an FCS school. Then I can talk 40 points, but UConn got the same opportunities as Clemson as far as recruit. To be honest, I mean, obviously Clemson is more bought in on football, but there's the limitations isn't that far away like FCS. I'm taking UConn. I'm taking I'm taking them 41 points. Um, Clemson has not been dominant enough for me to comfortably give them 41 points. So I'm gonna take UConn. I might look crazy in the end, but I think if if all UConn has to do is get one touchdown, and I think they're good money. I'm just trying to I'm just trying to make my my wrongs right and uh you know UMass make, made me look stupid and UMass beat UConn me too. so I'm just I'm yeah, staying yeah, away. Yeah, yeah, UMass made me look crazy too. And that was Florida <laughs> State who was worse than Clemson, but yes. 
So I'm just wary. But, but still, 41 points is always going to be too many points for, for my blood. So we'll see. Like I said, UConn just got to get in the end zone one time. Clemson hasn't beat the shit out of nobody that I know of. So we we should if 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 Clemson if Clemson covers them forty one points maybe they are back maybe they mm-hmm. are back. Cuse Syracuse at Louisville, uh, Louisville is three point favorites. What you got shaking out? Um, taking Louisville. Uh, I don't know why I just got a feeling that Louisville is going to pull this one out. I it just I think I, it makes more sense to me. I got Louisville as well. I got I got Louisville winning that game. Rivalry game. Miami at Florida State. Miami's two and a half point favorites. They're coming off three straight wins, two wins over ranked teams. What you got shaking out in this rivalry game? Mind you, throw the records out. Miami's Florida State is a historical rivalry. Yeah, this you never is tough. know what can happen in these games. Yeah, Vegas doesn't know either. I mean, the line's only two and a half. Uh, tough game to call. I I'm not sure, man. I I think I'm gonna. I think I'm going to take Florida State to outright win the game. I think this could be like a Mike Norvell win that, you know, that buys him some more time in, uh, in Tallahassee, uh, gets the fans more behind him just because it's an in-state rivalry. So, uh, you know, they've been close the past couple of weeks with NC State. You know, they lost by 14. Clemson, they lost by 10. But they weren't far behind. It's not like they were getting blown out in those games. So, um, you know, and they were on a three-game win streak before that. So, I think I think they get back on with, in the win column this week against Miami, and Miami looks human again. Miami, um, Miami has been on a bit of a nice run. Uh, their quarterback Tyler Van Dyke has gave their offense a, a spark. They've been putting up points lately. Um, they're playing with confidence. I, I think. I think I'm rolling. I think I'm going to roll with Miami. I think I'm going to roll with Miami. It's been a hot and cold year with Miami all year. See. See the problem. The problem for me with Miami is is their past five games. Uh, they've only been within four points, all of them, and so they've just been close game after close game after close game. And I think it might catch up to them. You know, they've won three in a row, but they could have very well lost those three as well. Uh, so I'm not sure about Miami yet. We'll we'll see after this game, but I'm just gonna roll with Florida State. I mean, the fact the fact that it's Miami two and a half at Florida State. And if anybody knows the history of Miami and Florida State, if it comes down to a kick, Florida State's going to win every time. If it comes down (laughs) to a kick, you're going to get yourself a wide left, a wide right. I think they had like two or three wide lefts, so a couple wide rights. If Mm -hmm. it comes down to a final kick, we're cooked. (laughs) We'll bet Miami. But um, hopefully not. (laughs) Hopefully not. I, I got... I got my I got my Boston College at Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech is two point favorites. I got Boston College losing. I got Georgia Same. Tech covering. Uh, Boston College Super Bowl was last week. There's yeah. no need for them to continue to look well, even if Dracovic starts. If he looks anything like he looked last week, a real team takes advantage of that. And uh, I think Georgia Tech will. Georgia Tech's offense is capable of putting up points. And um, I think I think Georgia Tech wins that. I agree. Same same analysis as you. I just think uh, Georgia Tech gets one here. They've lost a couple of games by uh, one scores recently, and so I think they they win. Number nine, Notre Dame 
at UVA. The last time Notre Dame was at UVA was the Deshaun Kaiser. Mm-hmm. I think Will Fuller. I think that was Will Fuller that caught that touchdown. I think it was. Um, yeah. Shout out Will Fuller. Uh, it was the the the, the Deshaun Kaiser game with the infamous meme of the UVA fan hanging over the uh, side of the wall. Brennan Armstrong is injured. I don't know if he's playing. If, even if he's playing or he's not playing, he's hurt. Uh, so it's not the Brendan Armstrong we know and, and have gotten to know this season. I got I got Notre Dame winning that game, covering whatever you want to call it, because at the end of the day, and this is what happens with teams with identities and they know how to recruit. Even when their passing game isn't exactly what they would like it to be, they can still line up and get enough offense running the ball. And, you know, they can just – they're both trenches, offensive line and defensive line, can just win them games on their own. So. I got Notre Dame. If there was a healthy Brendan Armstrong, you know, we could talk about UVA, but yeah, not. No, I agree. I mean, even even when we talk about Notre Dame not having that good of an offense, they've scored 30-plus points in the last four games that they played. So, um, you know, their offense isn't very good, and they're still putting up points. I think, you know, Virginia's defense is terrible. They just let up 66 mm-hmm. to BYU, and I think it's going to be too much for them with Notre Dame, especially with Brendan Armstrong not being at 100%. So, same with you. I'm taking Notre Dame against the spread. And last but not least, which is looking like, which is looking like the main event of the evening, even though Duke versus BT is going to us, <laughs> NC State at Wake Forest. Technically, Wake Forest did not lose any conference games because I don't even know how how they did this. But they scheduled the game with UNC, and it wasn't a conference game. Yeah, it was Please, just a home somebody. and a home. It's home and home. Uh, so it's basically just like how we schedule non-conference games, like, how, for example, how Virginia Tech schedules uh, the West Virginia game. So same thing as that. But I, the, what I don't understand about it is how it lines up with scheduling in the, a, in the ACC because you're supposed to play t- every team from the other side of the conference every at least every four years. So – I don't know how they got around that. That's the only part I don't understand. I can't understand that for the life of me. Um, so technically, Wake Forest is still undefeated in conference play. NC State, um, there's also somebody in the conference, but uh this is a huge game. This this could this this has a, this has Atlantic championship uh stakes on the line. Wake is one and a half point favorites. Who do you got winning this game? This is basically a toss up. So who you yeah. got winning yeah. this game? It's tough. Yeah, it kind of sucks for NC State. Their only loss in, in their in, in conference plays uh, came from Miami. So and that was a one right. point loss. Um, tough for them. I think I'm just gonna go with Wake just because I don't know. Wake to me feels like a complete team. And I thought, you know, when they played UNC, they were up for most of the game and mm-hmm. I was watching Come a little back. bit and I turned it off and UNC made a comeback. So maybe they clean it up this week and get the win. Um, that's what I'm kind of thinking, but you're right. It is a toss up. It can totally go both ways, but it is at Wake, So I'm, I think I'm going to take Wake. I'm taking the Wolf Pack. I'm I'm taking the Wolf Pack. I think the Wolf Pack. Uh, I think the Wolf Pack is going to take their rightful place at the top of the Atlantic Division. Like I said last episode, Brendan Hill bet me ten push-ups 
that Wake Forest will win the Atlantic Coast Conference. And he didn't look at their November schedule. Because when they were undefeated and all of that, I said that their schedule on the back end is not this, what they're mm-hmm. doing now. So, And they still got Clemson to play. And I they still Clemson. got somebody else, at Clemson. And um, I don't know who they played last. but Boston College. They, and Boston that College. that Boston College game is at Boston College too, which is always hard to play in November. And a and a road game at Boston College, Wake Forest might fuck around and go. They might be practicing no nut November around this motherfucker <laughs> because they might not get nothing in November. Uh, fucking off. So I got I got the Wolf Pack. Uh, I'm I'm taking the Wolf Pack. The main event of our evening, Duke, the Duke Blue Devils. At Virginia Tech, it's senior night. It's been a lot of people saying that they were not going to go to the game or fuck that, I'm not going. And people saying, look, man, no matter how you feel about the coaches, boo the coaches, boo their ass. But show up, show support for the seniors because the seniors, the Trey Turners of the world, the Tyrell Smiths of the world who have been around since the fucking 99 team. Uh, <laughs> Dax has already announced he's coming back. Next year, he's already yeah. announced he's coming back. So, but there's seniors on this team. There's there's guys who probably probably going to um, hit the transfer portal after this season. There's going to be a lot of people leaving and things like that. So, shout outs to the seniors. Y'all are closing out, which has been a shitty, nasty era of tech football. If you were a freshman in 2018, like Trey Turner then pretty much all you know is mid or losing. You don't know you don't know success. Right. So, you know, to, to the seniors, look, man, thank you for your service. Um God bless you. Hopefully the NFL, you know, picks all y'all up. Teams pick all y'all up. But um yeah, any 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 words you got for the seniors, it's senior night. Yeah, just, you know, like you said about Trey Turner, shout out all the guys who have been here since they were freshmen uh, through the bad years of Virginia Tech football because they grew up seeing Virginia Tech in some sort of way have success and then to come and put your faith into a program and stay for the probably going to be some of the worst years uh, for Virginia Tech is shows a lot about their character. So uh, thanks to them. Hopefully they get some some loud cheers and, and, a, and a good fan base when they play. Uh, but for the actual game, um, yeah, going to be a pretty boring game. I'm not excited to watch this game at all. And that's kind of my, yes. my take on it right now. I don't really have a ton of, I don't really have a ton to say. I really hope, uh, we don't lose to Duke, but you know, things could get spooky. That's all I'm going to say. Well, let's get in, let's get into the tail of the tape. Duke is averaging 25 points per game. Virginia Tech is averaging 21.7 points per game. Advantage Duke. Uh, Duke is allowing 35.6 points per game. Virginia Tech is allowing 21.8 points per game. Advantage Virginia Tech. Uh, Yards per game, Duke is averaging 443.4 yards per game. Tech, 337.6. Advantage Duke. And Duke is allowing 491.8 yards per game. 
Tech is allowing 375.6 yards per game advantage Virginia Tech. So clearly, Duke has the better offense. We have the better defense. Something got to give. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what Braxton Burmeister's, Braxton Burmeister's status is this week, uh, especially dealing with this staff, because I think as long as Braxton Burmeister is breathing, they're going to throw his ass out there. Yeah. So, Trying to save uh, their souls. If Braxton Burmeister is playing, I would be crazy to think he's 100%. 100%. He has not been 100% all season, and they have wheeled his ass out there. Braxton Burmeister will be out there in the full body cast. As long as he's breathing, he's going to be playing. So, because uh, the damn show ain't starting Knox. Uh, I think they would even try Bullock out there before they put Knox out there ever again yeah. for meaningful snaps. No, I totally yeah. agree. It's it's gonna it's gonna come down to can the offense just score points? Like it's literally all you gotta do is just be able to put up enough points. You put up you put up 24 points, Virginia Tech wins this game. But if Virginia Tech has an offensive performance like they had last week and only puts up three, seven, maybe ten points, oh boy. We're gonna be in for a, another uh another really bad performance. This one could also go left. Virginia Tech is 11 and a half point favorites. And if you are a resident in the Commonwealth of Virginia and you play and you bet, well, if you're a resident in the Commonwealth of Virginia, you can't even bet Virginia Tech games. But if you're outside the Commonwealth of Virginia or you bet illegally in the Commonwealth of Virginia, if you hop on that, uh, hop on that Duke plus 11 and a half, no matter what you think the outcome of this game is going to be, Virginia Tech is not smoking nobody. Yeah. Virginia Tech is not smoking nobody. Duke is bring Duke will have the best player on the field this Saturday. And that's Mateo Durant, one of the best running backs in the conference. 210 carries, 1,062 yards, nine touchdowns, 23 catches for 229 yards and two touchdowns. He's going to be the best player on the field when Duke's offense is out there and our defense is out there. Clearly, that's what we got to stop. Right. And Duke is going to try to make this game physical, a fist fight, and they're going to look to uh, they're going to look to get the run game going. We are going to have to sail out to stop the run and force their, their quarterback, Gunnar Holmberg, to beat us because he's up and down, kind of mid. Uh, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to put the game on his shoulders, and on offense we're gonna have to make something shake on like two or three drives to to win this game. What's your thoughts? Yeah, you just need a couple, you know, a couple big explosive plays on the offensive side to probably win this game. But you know, this offense has been far from explosive in the last couple weeks. Uh, well, I wouldn't say last couple weeks because they were explosive in the in the Georgia Tech game, but. Last week, they were not. They were the polar opposite of explosive. So, um, yeah, no, I totally agree with your analysis. I think it's going to come down to being able to stop the run. I do think this defense can stop the run. Um, and it's and I think, you know, as long as the offense scores just enough, I think we'll be fine. But, yeah, I'm going to echo what you said. Bet the uh, bet Duke plus 11 and a half. That is the best thing you can find out there because, like you said, Virginia Tech is not going to beat anybody by more than two scores. They are definitely like it. Duke would have to be a disaster on offense for Virginia Tech to beat them by two scores. They would have to be a disaster, a mm-hmm. full on pick six machine Cooper score, 
punt, punt return touchdown. They, like they would have to be giving it all up for that to happen. And, and Duke's not good. Duke is. I want to say Duke is the worst team in the ACC, but Karma would be all. Oh, karma would be on my ass. If yeah, I would say that. that's that's a shitty uh, conversation to have because that would uh, be instant <clears> karma. It could be very much us at the end of the week. Very much, <laughs> but as long as we 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 do what we've been doing with Malachi Thomas and Raheem Blackshear, our two running backs. You know, versus their running back, it's going. This game gonna be hard on the ass. Uh, it ain't gonna be sexy. It's gonna be ugly. It's gonna be. It's gonna. It's gonna be an ACC game. It's gonna be one of those ACC games from like 2006, where yeah. like everybody just looked like, ah, why do I watch this shit? It's gonna be a. It's gonna be an ugly game, but it's gonna look like some G five shit. Yeah. No, because G five at least got offense. Yeah, that's facts. I'm wrong. <laughs> that shit gonna look like some mid 2000s ACC action. With, <laughs> with, with, when Duke had uh, I'm trying. I can't even think of a sorry Duke quarterback, but like, it, it's gonna be shitty mid 2000s ACC action, and hopefully Tech can pull it out. The defense is gonna have to carry this team again, and uh, yeah, man, Macho Harris is gonna be in town. Macho Harris is being honored. One of my favorite Hokies of all time. Facts. A big fan of Macho Harris. Uh, he was those the, teams play, he was the player Harris that got on. me into Tech, to be honest. He was my favorite yeah. player when I first started watching Tech when I was just a little kid. Macho was one of those dudes where he he, he was he, he's kind of like like Mook Reynolds reminded me of Macho Harris in the way yeah. where he could fuck up. On one play, give something up, give up a pass or whatever. But on the next play, he always made it up. He always did something to make it up. Or he always made a big play. And and, and Macho played some offense too. Uh, they would put him in on offense. And I feel like Macho should have had a better NFL career, but I agree. didn't quite have the NFL speed that they was looking for. Dude was just a playmaker, though. Dude was a playmaker. He was always around the ball. He wasn't afraid to tackle. I mean, he couldn't really tackle, but he wasn't afraid to do it. He he'd be in the pitches. He was always in the pitches. He wasn't. He had the best form tackling, but he mm-hmm. was always in the pitches. Uh, a leader, a legend. Eight one of eight oh four's finest. Man, shout out Macho Harris, man. Highland Springs legend. Facts. What else we Moving got? Up, we got the college football playoff rankings. Um, Georgia number one, no, no shock, no surprise there. Bama number two, you get no argument from me there. Oregon number three, eh. they beat number four, Ohio State <laughs> number five, Cincinnati. Which I think all Cincinnati got to do is keep winning because eventually Georgia has to play Bama if things go like it's supposed to. And Ohio State got to play number six, Michigan. So yeah. some got to shake. Some some eventually got to shake. Um, if Cincinnati is undefeated, I do think they'll be in position. Um, I think they have to be. They have to be undefeated. No no question of that. Yeah. Oregon, Ohio State, and Bama do all have losses, but it's Power Five. You're gonna lose in Power Five. It just is what it is. Yeah, uh, I, th- I think the only scenario where Cincinnati doesn't make it is if uh, if Bama beats Georgia. 
because then right. they're going to keep Georgia and Bama in there. And as long as Oregon doesn't lose, then they're going to put Oregon in with whoever wins the Big Ten. Because if uh, if Ohio State wins out, they're in. If Michigan beats Ohio State and wins the Big Ten, they're in. Uh, so really, if you're if you're a Cincinnati fan, you just got to hope that Georgia beats Bama. All right, and 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 Cincinnati, just keep doing what you're doing. And if and if you don't get selected, you don't get in. Win your New Year Six Bowl and pull a UCF and say we're champions anyway. Yeah. What was your thoughts? And 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 you're from Michigan and you're a Midwest guy. Michigan Six, Michigan State Seven. Michigan State beat Michigan, but they lost to Purdue. Last yeah. Week. Um, okay, so this is big topic of discussion in Michigan right now. The Big Ten came out and said that uh, the fumble that they called in the Michigan-Michigan State game was actually not a fumble, or it, yeah, it was, it was not a fumble because he wasn't that. Or hold up, I'm fucking this all up right now. Uh, his, they said that his leg was not down, and it actually was down. And basically what the Big Ten is saying is that uh, they believe that the few plays that decided the Michigan-Michigan State game uh, were kind of up in the air, and they think that uh, Michigan was the better team that day. And that's kind of the vibe that I'm getting from the college football playoff rankings as well. So I think the general consensus is that Michigan State uh, just kind of like – like had a fluke game where they won and most of the most of the time if they play that game 100 times Michigan's going to win most of them so I agree with the rankings uh whoever anybody that watched that game could have noticed that Michigan was in control of that game for most of it and it was just a few plays that uh flipped it so uh I agree with the rankings did you go out to East Lansing and tear shit up no, I didn't. And a bunch of my friends did actually, but a lot of people, a lot of people are getting charged to be honest. Oh, the, the police, the police have like pictures and Snapchats of people's faces and shit that were burning couches and, and they're like going to find them and throwing them in jail and shit. So it's a bad situation down there. They're taking it super seriously. So luckily I wasn't involved though. I didn't go down there. Shout out to everybody that went down to East Lansing and burned some shit up. But uh, you might be facing criminal charges. Yeah, so. <laughs> it is. I, yeah, what it is. What I do want to say. Play? I do want to say on the topic of the of the playoffs. I, I think there's one game that nobody's talking about, and it's uh, it's Georgia Tennessee this upcoming week. And I do think that Tennessee could could do a little something. You know, shout out Hendon Hooker. I'm not going to I'm not I'm not going to say Tennessee is going to win the game, but I will say that we have never seen Georgia play from behind. And this is going to be the most explosive offense that they play all year. And if Tennessee jumps out to a quick 7-0 or 14-0 lead, I don't know. Just, just throwing that out there. It could, it could be, be spooky, spooky hours. It could be spooky hours. From Davey O'Brien, semifinalist, Hendon Hooker. And that game, a, that game is like in Tennessee as well. It's in yeah, Tennessee. Shout out, so. out Hendon Hookers. Davey O'Brien, semifinalist. Um Clearly, he wasn't good enough to start here, but <laughs> one man's trash is another man's treasure, I guess. That's just the way it goes. <laughs> and last but not least, before we get up out of here, Virginia Tech basketball tipped off, men's basketball tipped off last night. This is being recorded on Wednesday, so it tipped off on Tuesday night. Virginia Tech won 82-47. to uh, Justin Mutch led the way. 15 points, six assists. He was seven to 13 from the field. Um, it's Maine. 
So, you know, you got to take that for what it is. But after watching football for, uh, what is it, eight, nine games and seeing football dick around with Middle Tennessee and Richmond and these shitty-ass teams, even though Virginia Tech men's basketball played an inferior opponent, they at least blew them out. Yeah. So um, I'm, happy, I'm happy for that. Uh, their next opponent is the team that beat UVA, which is the Naval Academy. Yeah. <laughs> Friday night. Uh, Friday night. Uh, Virginia Tech plays Naval Academy. So all I want to see from the team is Hunter Couture, Storm Murphy. They were getting good looks. They got good looks all night. They just, you know, shots wasn't going down. Uh, maybe it's rust. Maybe it's, you know, guys trying to get in sync, get in rhythm. Uh, but they had good looks. I like our length. I like our front court. Um, it's the first time since I've been watching Tech basketball. I might be tripping. I'm I'm a casual. I'm a casual Virginia Tech basketball fan. I'm not a diehard like I am in football. But it's the first time I've seen the Virginia Tech team this long. This team this that this big. Yeah. And close out on shots and and force teams into taking contested shots. Uh, what was your What was your takeaway from the basketball game? I think they just kind of, you know, solidified what I what I personally thought they would be. Um, you know, it's one game. I'm not going to, like, over overreact. But, you know, 82 points in an opener is always good. Their offense was flowing. The defense made a lot of plays, too. Um, I think I think that well, like like you said about Storm Murphy and uh, Hunter Couture, I think they they're th- I think the shots that they took were fine, and they'll make those eventually. And I think we'll be we'll be good there. But um, you know, I said before the season started, I think this is a three seed team, and that's what I'm gonna stick with. So uh, it's nice seeing Virginia Tech sports be good after you know, watching you know football. So um, I'm I'm interested. I'm I'm tuned in. I'm gonna be, be watching a lot of Virginia Tech basketball this year. So I'm excited. Yeah, they beat, the, they beat the shit out of Maine, and that was a Maine team. They had a graphic up on the screen where they had motherfuckers from, like, Serbia and Yugoslavia and all these other weird-ass countries. Look, man, I, if, I, if I want Serbians, I want, like, I want to take a bunch of Serbians to war, like, war, war. Like, you know, if I, if I want to be in a foxhole, then I want a team full of Serbians. But if I needed the Hoopers, <laughs> no. The bro, fuck are they doing over there? Bro, they're in Maine, bro. Who the fuck, who are they gonna recruit in Maine? Who's gonna go up to Man, who's gonna had, go up to Maine to play basketball? They had Serbians, Eastern Europeans, and Canadians on the team, man. <laughs> it was bad like i said even if i needed if i needed a gang of people to like to hold me down in a street fight i'm calling some serbians these are some bad let me let me be clear serbians uh what's the motherfuckers albanians 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 go hard in the paint facts facts bro but i don't want these motherfuckers Near a basketball. <laughs> Near a basketball. I don't want no, 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 no. Shout out to the Serbians and the Albanians. Uh, shout out to all the Albanians in New York City and people think they're Russians. Yeah, um, that's fact. No. There's a ton of them in Detroit, too. I interned with a bunch of them this summer. 
Shout their, out their to population. all the Albanians yeah. in, in, in Detroit, all the uh, Middle East people in Detroit. Um, there's a lot of motherfucking uh, what's the kind of Lebanese people in Detroit. And, yeah. And, it's over in Dearborn. Dearborn, big populations of, of those people. Yeah. Hard and the paint. Hard and the paint. Good people, too. Yeah, Good facts. People. Great Good people. people. But don't play. They don't play the bullshit. Don't play the bullshit. But but that said, I don't want you nowhere near my basketball team. <laughs> nowhere near them. No. <laughs> no. No. Absolutely not. Did you see, uh, speaking of Eastern Europeans, Nikolai Jokic get into it with uh, Markeith Morris? Yeah, yeah, I, I heard about that. I wasn't watching the game, but I, I saw people talking about it on Twitter. If any, if any, if any situation I want to see end in peace <laughs> is Nikolai Jokic and his family versus Markeith Morris and his family. This that is, is a, a nasty matchup. That is a that is pay per view shit. Pay per view. That's what I was about to say. That is pay per view content. If people don't know about the uh, the Morris twins, they beat the shit out of people in real life. Mm-hmm. Um, I, when they was playing for Phoenix, they beat the shit out of their mom's boyfriend. I mean, like beat the shit out of them. And obviously, you got two. What are these niggas? Seven feet. You got two seven foot niggas in Phoenix. Everybody knew who beat. Do you think these motherfuckers did a day in jail? Fuck no. <laughs> Not a Ain't nobody fooled with the Boris twins. And it's legendary about these Jokic brothers because these guys got on. They made a Twitter account just to tell the Morris brothers they want the smoke. <laughs> I want this shit to end peaceful. It's as as entertaining as it would be. And as much as we would love to see which family comes out on top, I think we want this to end peacefully. I, I, I think I, they, get I, a, I do. they get a four-way brawl going in a in a ring. Settle it there. Pay-per-view. Yeah. <laughs> Millions of dollars. Tag match. A tornado tag team match. The Jokic brothers versus the Morris brothers. And uh it it'd it make a hell of a lot of money, but uh I, I I do not want to see that go to the streets because somebody could definitely definitely get hurt. Yeah. As far as the actual play on the court, Marquise Morris uh elbow yoke in the ribs and Jokic was like fuck all that and and he 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 he, he shoved them back, pushed them in his back. People were saying uh you know you you know that's a bitch move. You push a guy in the back. If you hit me, don't turn your back. Yeah. Facts. Yeah, about keep hitting them first. Like, okay, you hit a motherfucker, <laughs> you better keep looking because uh, you know you got to You know you catching one back. So, shout out Jokic, man. Free Jokic. He should not be suspended. I think both should have just paid a fine and kept it moving. Yeah, I agree. And I that's agree. it for Don. That's it for Don V Fridays. Yes, sir. Thanks everyone for for rocking with us. Keep listening. We appreciate all the support. Thanks to everybody that's rocking with us, sending DMs, uh, sending tweets, positive messages, negative messages. Uh, we appreciate all the support. We appreciate all the support, all the supporters. Um, we got some. We got some. We got some shit. We got some shit cooking up behind the scenes. Yes, that's sir. gonna keep 
that's gonna keep the streets fed when once we hit this little slow period in between bowl season. Uh, mm. especially if Virginia Tech don't end up going bowling and the season is over. <laughs> we got we got some, we got some shit to keep things cooking while you know yeah while while the streets are going cold. We're gonna definitely cover more basketball going forward. Um I'm not the biggest I'm a Virginia Tech basketball fan, but I'm not the biggest Virginia Tech basketball fan. So don't expect the same type of knowledge and passion and shit behind the basketball team, but we'll cover them. Yeah, same. I'm in the same boat as you there, so. Yeah, we'll cover it. it, it let me tell y'all something. If y'all think that I'm going to watch Virginia Tech versus, I don't know, Georgia Tech on a Tuesday night and come on here to talk about that and something football-related happen, no, you got me sadly mistaken. <laughs> but if it ain't shit else going on and it's a pretty big game, hell yeah, we'll cover that bitch. Yeah, yeah, big facts. <laughs> and we got the coaching search coming up soon, too. For, for Coach, football. oh, man. Uh, coaching search coming up. Uh, it, we th- There's going to be content coming. Tr- trust and believe it's going to be content coming. So, yeah, just stay, stay with us. Shout out to us. Shout out to all the new listeners. Yeah, big facts. Shout out to all the new bit, the new listeners. We see you on the uh, on the stat sheet. When I check, when I check the stats, we see you. We we uh, we 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 appreciate all the support. So appreciate all the support, man. Until next week, y'all. God bless.